Shut up and sit down. The greatest show on the internet is finally back. You can rejoice. This morning I rode my red bike. It's still, it's really cool. Charged the hills and I pulled the line. I'm a self-destructive fool. Yes, I'm a self-destructive fool. You are listening to the Dialed Podcast with Matt Lee Grand, Evan Price, Lance Hapler, and Jake Von Turing. As we look to build our cycling community, consider this. The strength of the team is each individual member. The strength of each member is the team. Well said, Phil Jackson. This morning I rode with the fit lads. They're crazy as can be. I'm on my carbon bike and my heart rate's up and I hope it don't drop me. He yeah. decided to call himself Mr. Fantastic and bam, ODZ's first superhero team was born. This morning I had a puncture, you know that that's not funny. It takes five minutes to fix a flat, but with help it takes me 20. Yeah, with help it takes me 20. I love chicken noodle soup, but not as much as I love you. Oh, so nice. Hi, and welcome back to the Dial Podcast. I am Jake Von Durgan. Today, I'm here with Lance Hepler. Lance Romance. In studio. In studio. Oh, yeah. Nice work. (laughs) Good to have you here. Thank you. Evan Price. How many weeks in a row is this? That's my intro is, how many weeks in a row is Lance back here now? It's like nine. No. No, it's It's not nine. Seven? Okay. I don't know. Those, just, I'm going with three. Yeah. So let's try don't, that again. Don't worry. You, you stepped on my, my <laughs> announcement view. Evan Price. What's everybody drinking today? <laughs> I was drinking LaCroix. Sparkling water. There you go. I'm also LaCroix over here <laughs> from Jake's fridge. And to his right, Matt Legrand. What's up, ladies and gentlemen of the internet? You guys are looking lovely today. As oh, are back you. Back to lovely. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Awesome. I try to dress it up, but you know, it doesn't always work out. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. Backpedal time. Evan, go first. Backpedal force. So uh, I ran a marathon on Saturday this last weekend. And get this. I run the treadmill and I go 159.40. Yeah. On there. <laughs> and, but but point 0.4. So the official time. Now, the official record was set by another guy, uh, some Kenyan <laughs> over in Vienna, you know, the, this last weekend. He went 159.40.2. Point 0.2. Point two. So if I would have closed a little bit faster, I would have had yeah. him. But, yeah. just, you know, just check the off. treadmill. Check yeah. That, check that treadmill. I think the belt's sure a little bit off. I mean, that, that could have yeah. cost you point two there. I know. We just off the lose. fake world record. Exit. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and so, okay. My, my only okay. backpedal tip. So I've got, I've got two things in my backpedal, neither of them anything to do with me. Uh, update on me. I'm going to be training a lot over the next couple of months. Nice. Anyway, so uh, I got a book from John Hoffman for, I was in Dallas this last weekend for a course and you know, when you're on the plane, you you yep. need a page turner when you don't have any TV available and it's three hours to Dallas. So I got Jacques Anquetil's uh, biography, uh, one of the biographies done. And there's been quite a few done on him. For anybody who does not know, this man was really fast at riding bikes in the late 1950s, early 1960s. He's French. And he won the tour. Five times. Five times. Okay. Yes. Five so times. he is historically... Uh, you're looking at him or Bernard Hinault as the greatest French cyclist of all time in the greatest cycling country in the world, probably. So he is still a hero in that country and is one of the wildest stories. I mean, the guy's story is crazy. Um, I'll just give one taste. He completed, so outside of winning five uh, Tour de France's, one of his greatest accomplishments too is, now let me see if I get this right. He raced the Criterium de Dauphiné, which is a seven-day stage race. Yeah. 
he won it. He then jumped on a private plane and flew to do the, um, oh God, it was the, I'm going to forget the name of the race, but it's a 550 kilometer race at that time that started basically at midnight. And it was a race to Paris. I forget where it's st- uh, Bar- uh, Bordeaux to Paris, I believe. And at that time, I think it was the longest one day race in, in the world at that time. I think it still may go down as actually, I think that is the longest one day race still, which for anybody wondering is around a 300 mile race, which is a long way to go on a bicycle where roads were not nearly as paved as they are now. Wow. Uh, and he won that race. So that's the Good type grief. of person we're talking about a five time tour winner that won a ridiculous, you know, back to back race. But the book is incredible, and his story's wild. He's a very controversial figure, but yeah, if anybody's looking for for a book, "Sex Lies and Handlebar Tape" is the name of the book. It's an awesome title for. A I book. know it's a good. It's a, it really it's a real clickbait sort of title. Yeah, I like it, but it's yeah. a great book. And the only other part of my, I mean, anybody who has not heard or seen it yet, I don't know if you have any social media. I'm sure you've seen it. Elliot Kipchoge ran one fifty nine and forty seconds. Yes. Yeah, and the, the thing, that kills, the thing that kills record. me about this fake record, the oh fake my god, record. is people are are so confused about like I'm ca- I call this record a fake record. Yeah, uh, Who cares? there there are pacers, <laughs> there were pacers in there. Like, why didn't he just do it? Or there's some confusion. Like, why didn't he just do this in a race? Like, well, <laughs> yeah. that's it's not set up. It wasn't set up like that. Those are also people who've never actually raced anything in their entire life. If that's if that's actually your response to that, I, I was you know on every Facebook, marathon which is has my pacers. First mistake and yeah. Uh, every every marathon and track mar- record has pacers. Marathons have pacers, but they start the race as an official yes. entry right. into the mm-hmm. race because a pacemaker can win the race. Yep. Yep. So you start and then and they peel off. Yep. That's what that's typically their job. They get paid to get to a certain point at a certain mm-hmm. time, typically. Um, and so that's one of the reasons why this was not an official world record. There are other reasons why this yes. wasn't a record. There's quite but, a few other but reasons. That's, but yeah. that's one of them. Mm-hmm. And it's just... I think we should appreciate this for what it was. Yes. I don't think that we should, you know, I don't think it was an official world he already, record. He already holds the official world record. He has the whole, yeah, yeah he, he has the world record. He has record. the official world it record. almost got beat recently Yeah, Bekele was not far off the mark. He was two in seconds Berlin. off the mark, correct? Yeah, yeah. Something like that. So here's here's the, the, the bottom line is, I mean, any professional runner right now is going to tell you Elliot Kipchoge is operating on a different planet from the competition. Except for you could argue Bekele, Bekele had that big day, but yeah, yeah. but I but, think that that's I don't I I think yes. if they go head to head in a marathon right now, I don't think I it would be a great race. Bekele is a once in a generation sort of talent too, but yeah. I don't think he's on the level in marathon running that Kipchoge is. I think yeah. people would say you're racing for second. Exactly. You line up against him, you're racing for second. Exactly. Yeah. And I mean, look at the 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 impact of this man can be brought together in kind of one little fact here is that he had pacers who are all. Olympians in themselves and high level performers at the sport all give up a little portion of their season to focus on all coming together to achieve this goal. Timing is good though, because the world championships just happened. And so yes, they, all they had to do was kind of extend their season a little bit. Maybe not. I don't know. I mean, I think it was, I think people, this was in most of their off seasons. Yeah. Yeah. Or the beginning of their off season. I think Mm -hmm. most people were just happy to be part of history. Exactly. So exactly. Super cool event. Pretty amazing. I I think Mm -hmm. it's one of the things where people just need to appreciate it for what it was and not, you know, like it wasn't a world record in my, Opinion, yeah, it was not a world record. No, no, I I agree with you, but that's the the bottom line. Is I don't think it was claiming to be at any point. Exactly. I don't think Kipchoge cares. This was something that I think his entire life he's pictured. Right. See if it was possible, if it was possible for a human 
to, to run go under, under two, two hours. hours. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's an old Kenyan myth, and Matt, I'm not, I'm sure he knows that there there's a literally a Kenyan myth that he grew up around saying that it, their running coaches would tell people this: if you go under two hours, you would die. And that's <laughs> in in Kenya, where there's things like very Eastern medicine things still going on. Yeah. That was a belief he held as a kid. He literally thought if he was going to do this, he would die. <laughs> so, I mean, you're, you're you're talking about from his point of view. I'm I'm just glad that this was the man to do it. For purely himself, not yeah. for all of us. I mean, like for running, it's great and everything like that. I think that he was the man to do it, and I don't think anybody else will touch it for a long. I mean, nobody's going to be able to put out that kind of effort for a long time. Well, and they won't set it up probably like this. Probably that not. costs no. a lot of money. So, well, and knows? it's also just you got to commit so much to do it. Yeah. So, yeah. But anyway, there's my backpedal. Other great, people, great which backpedal. Was great. Yeah, that was a phenomenal backpedal. Yeah. <laughs> not not about that. Well, it was kind no. of about cycling. No, actually, it was fifty fifty. I think yeah. it's pretty awesome what he did. Yeah. I mean, just to think about what he did, I I couldn't even run half of that in that yeah. same amount of time. And not just, even like, a mile. It. You would not be able to run a mile at that pace. It's incredible. No, you would have a hard time. Not running even a quarter mile. The pace, but I'm talking yeah. about yeah. just the total time it took him to run the whole exactly, thing. Exactly. Yeah. I couldn't do half of what he did. He would have like lapped me literally if we were out yeah. there doing it on a track. So. It's just amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Very cool. Matt, you want to backpedal for us? Yeah. Um, I actually went to a funeral this week, flew to Alabama, oh. but uh, it's okay. Um, you know, it's awesome. My grandmother uh, made it to 95 years old. I saw her recently. Uh, you probably remember a couple podcasts back, yeah. you know, I was gone. I was out of town and I was seeing her. And so awesome experience, you know, went back there, saw family, um, did a run in Tuscaloosa, did a swim in Tuscaloosa. They have this like beautiful, I mean, you get to use the university pool and like nice. all open water. I mean, it was, it was nice. I was that, was that a 50 meter pool? I couldn't see no, it. No, it wasn't. 25. Um, it was 25 and, yeah. uh, but it's nice cause you're like, I'm going to get sunburned. Yeah. I'm going to get sunburned out there. <laughs> it's actually it's warm October. down there right it's now. Nice. Yeah. So that was fun. Uh, fun trip. Um, I've been doing some swimming. Uh, the other things on my back pedal that I've been, I've been, I, I watched a little race this weekend in Hawaii. Mm -hmm. uh, a streaming race so we should probably touch on that i don't know if backpedal is the right time to do it but wait we're gonna before that didn't your wife like kick butt in some running yesterday race? my wife um <laughs> yesterday my wife got uh second place and in the girlfriend's, the girlfriend's right? half marathon yeah. That's and fantastic. she actually ran a pr we had to look and see like we couldn't figure out if i, th I thought it was a pr but it turns out that she had run really close in time. And so I thought she had, I thought her PR was like two minutes slower. It turns out that she had run basically the same time last year. Last year I paced her for the same race. And this year she broke it by like two seconds oh. or something. Or wow. four, I think it was two or two, two or what four seconds, something like that. She went, um, let's see. So 135, and I can't remember what the seconds were, but it was like two seconds faster than, than she did last year. Yeah. So good job, Kristen. Yep. She's yep. killing it lately. Congrats. That's awesome. Second place. And then one of my cross country runners got third place. So she was getting, you know, I was like, good thing it wasn't any shorter. That this cross country girls can run. <laughs> uh -huh. And, uh, and she's having a lot of fun with the running. She's going to go and do the Boston marathon. And so we're going to do, we're gonna have a fun trip in oh, April. Fun. That's so spring, cool. So. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Yep. Lance. Yes. Did you race your bike at all this week? I How many times? Did race my bike. Why don't you backpedal for us then? <laughs> Only once. <laughs> what? Whoa. No. I don't first of all, I don't believe you. Also, have it, me have and Matt take his temperature. There was there was only one race. No, so I, I couldn't race anymore because there was only one race. Uh yeah, it was it was kind of a weird week for me. I've been racing, you know, three or four times a week, and so I have just been laying myself out there so many times and I really took it easy this week. I Took a couple days off completely. Wow! Uh, I did the I did did our uh, dialed Zwift group ride, yep. which was a lot of fun to do. 
Um, but I, I really took some time off. Um, Thursday, I went out to go uh, just do kind of an easy endurance ride and mm-hmm. ended up riding a century. <laughs> well, when was that? Oh, wow. <laughs> or Friday. Friday. Jeez. Oh, Friday. <laughs> I might have seen you worried. Did you do Multnomah Falls kind of stuff? No. That direction? Uh-uh. That was a different day. I, I, yeah. went north, I went north Clark County up to oh, yeah. Battleground and whatnot. And I, I went out to do like there, 65 miles. Did yeah. you just take the rack route up there? No, I didn't. I oh, did okay. a whole separate route. But I love that area. That yeah. was a great area. Yeah. I got back at about 65 miles and I was done. And as I was rolling up to my uh, driveway, my wife was just leaving oh, on her bike. And she's like, hey, I'm, I'm going to go ride up to Salmon Creek. Do you want to go with me? And I'm like, yep. uh, <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> so I rode with her and I ended up riding like 101 miles or something that day, which was unexpected. But it really didn't like beat me up at all. Right. Which, and I felt like, almost normal afterwards like I, I i wasn't hurting too much i wasn't really sore so i think it helps you road with your wife and i'm not, i don't mean that as a knock on your wife it's just like it's a perfect pace to yes it like, was nice recovery yeah, pace yeah, yeah for me so uh saturday i ended up i didn't ride at all it was a beautiful day i Friggin' sat around in my house watching some dumb race online. <laughs> it's awesome that that these guys were like. I'm so glad because you know what's funny, I Matt? Would. Were you watching it? I did watch a lot of it. Yeah. See, I was not watching it. Yeah. I mean, I was I was not able to. I was in a class well, at that time. You so. were in a class, and I was supposed to be at a cross country race, but yeah. I, because of the funeral stuff, I was like, well, I'm just like I got home and i was like i'm gonna stay home you yeah know, i'm not you know taken off to go yeah to i watched way more than i should have i, I think way lance more. and jake ended up watching more yeah, than more we than did, did. Yeah. i, I think i've said it like fans. why did yeah. that feed in but why do i have to go somewhere else to watch the rest of it? what's I going on here knock it off switching feeds <laughs> yeah yeah so that's what i did all day saturday i didn't ride i didn't <laughs> like didn't ride i didn't even ride yeah so but Sunday was the big race yep. uh, yesterday, the Cyclocross Crusade, race number three out at Cascade Locks, mm-hmm. which is out in the Columbia River Gorge. You hear us talk about the gorge all the time. Uh, Cascade Locks, this race is traditionally very wet, very muddy, um, usually lots of sanding water. There's a big um, sand area that makes it difficult to go through, through in the wet, but it was dry this year. It did not rain which was very odd. Um, I raced the 50-plus field like I have been all year, and my gosh, I felt great. Did you? I think rest? I took several days off. Right. I it's did. amazing how that works, huh? I know. <laughs> it's like I came into the race like rested. Um, luckily, I, I was able to start in like the third or fourth row. I, I lost my – so I, was, I raced so bad last week that I lost my call-up, so yeah. I had no call-up. But I was lucky to have a high, a number that got to go up relatively early. Mm-hmm, right. And so I started like on the fourth row and there were 72 people in the race. I took fifth. Wow. Atta boy, Hep. I took is that, fifth. Is that your best cro- uh, crusade finish? Yes, by, by far. By lot, right? Yes. Did you keep your pants on? Or I kept that, like, my it's pants It's crazy on? when you don't just race every other day. <laughs> What what well, race can look so, like? And and the That's guys crazy. that have been beating me by minutes in the in the weekend races, I was with them. I Lance, was like awesome. I was like in it. 
I was only like eight seconds from second place. Wow. I was like right off the podium. What do your what do your next couple weekends of racing look like coming up? Well, weekends. <clears throat> granted, this course is unique and it favored me. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Um, and there were this big sand section was very difficult to pass people. And so that held people up. And I was I always had kind of free real estate in front of me That's during good. this big sand section. And so I think that just you think you got lucky. I got lucky. Yes, and ah, uh, although I, I mean, you have you to, gotta, to ride the bike. Well, I mean. for one, I mean, getting a result, there's always luck involved. Yeah. Abs- unless you're, you know, somebody who's just head and shoulders above everybody else. But you have to be able to put out a certain amount right. of fitness and effort and wattage. And to I be didn't able to crash, and I didn't go field. down, yeah. and I navigated around some people crashing in front of me. Yeah, and your handling's on. It's just yeah. you didn't have any bad luck. I didn't have any bad luck. Yeah. I didn't flat. There were lots of go. flats that day, and I didn't yeah. flat, yeah. and so. It was just, it was like, it was the second to last lap and I'm right here with these two guys that have just been killing me and I'm like, I'm in this race. This is fantastic. And then I like dropped off because I like got in my own head, you know? (laughs) As soon as you had that thought. I'm like, oh my God, I'm in it. I got to stay with them. Anyway, don't so, screw this up. Don't screw yeah. this up. Don't screw this up. It was it was really exciting for me because being twenty fourth and twenty fifth last weekend to improve to fifth was just fantastic. And you'll get call up. Well, yesterday they they only called up the top fifteen. Okay. And with my points from yesterday, yeah, I'm, that I'm now in sixteenth place. Go uh, figure. Uh, well, who knows? Who knows what they do? So so who knows? They might call up eighteen, but but yesterday they only called up fi- you know right. fifteen. What if one guy doesn't show up in that top eight? Doesn't matter. Oh, they just they just call they just call these fifteen names, and then and then the team the winning team from last year, and then they start calling the the numbers. So got it. I, yeah, so it's just it's kind of whatever the promoters want to do. They might only call up ten and yeah. and say forget the rest, of you guys. They might call up twenty. It just kind of depends. But I'm not racing next week. Oh, I will. It's gonna mess up your points. It it, it will. But this, I'm going to Orlando. I'm gonna oh, yeah. go uh-huh. to Disney World with my daughters who are working there and yep. my son. And be fun. we're we're having a little. When do you head out? Family vacation. Mm-hmm. I leave like in twelve hours. Okay. Is there cross racing in Orlando? There yeah. is not. Oh yeah. You already looked. <laughs> <laughs> There's hardly even bike racing in Orlando. <laughs> so, so will you be gone next week for the podcast? I will be. Um, I and I'll be in the airport okay. because I'm flying home on Monday afternoon. So okay. I I may miss next week entirely. The in studio streak might be over. Oh, yeah. it's over. It's over. I'm gonna try to call in with call the in. back. Have pedal. the pilots just radio you in. Just sit <laughs> yeah. in the. Well, you know, do you guys have Wi-Fi? I'll be. I, I should be in the airport waiting for the flight. But, yeah. You know when we record. So I I don't know. We'll just have to see. We will figure something out. <laughs> How it works. Out. Yeah, we'll cross that bridge. And a few. Um, I'll backpedal real quick and we'll get into the show. Uh, let's see here. I rode outside one time last week. <laughs> Multnomah ride? No, I just, oh. just a little gravel ride with Sean, our friend Sean Martin. Oh, nice. Yeah, he, uh, he pried me away. It was a nice day. I'm like, I got to go ride outside. So I went out and rode with him. It was just like an hour and a half ride. It was still fun, um, mm-hmm. but everything else was indoors on Zwift. And it was for nothing else other than the fact that my schedule is just nuts right now. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, we've started back, like Lance mentioned, to um, having our Tuesday night Zwift rides. And mm-hmm. that was our first one of the season, which was a lot of fun. It was good. Um, mm-hmm. Matt, we saw you floating around somewhere out there. Did you yes. miss the ride or not get an invite or something? Uh, yeah, some of that stuff. I mean, I think like I was basically like setting up when I was supposed to be like oh, ready to gotcha. go. You okay. know, and my my bike and st- everything like my 
kicker is making noises and all this stuff and so Uh-oh. i was basically just like working on it the whole time instead of writing troubleshooting yeah yeah so yeah, i time. still might need to figure that out i'm wondering if there's like a bearing or something loose huh yeah we'll, we'll figure that out yeah wahoo has had some issues with that over the yeah. last year but i didn't know it was mm-hmm. uh well i haven't heard of anybody having issues with the core and i believe that's what you have Different right core yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we'll get you set up um but that was a fun ride. We had a good time. Lance was on there. And I was on there. And we were all just kind of cruising along, and, and we had a good group, so much so that we were able to actually increase the watts per kilogram for the, the actual ride itself from what we would yep. consider more of a, an introductory level pace, if you will, and we kicked it up uh, closer. Gosh, we were like cruising along closer to like 3.0 watts per kilogram. Yeah. And then we had our little hot lap at the end, and, and it was just a fun ride. Got a nice. nice workout in. And then it was, uh, for me, this week, nine hours on the bike. Oh, wow. So it's slowly Perfect. increasing. And those nine hours, when the bulk of them come from Zwift, feel differently on your body than, say, mm-hmm. if it were nine yeah. hours of riding outside. Yeah. Um, you start to feel that load you know, build up on you, and you just don't have the reprieve. You don't have the coasting. You don't have the stops right. and whatnot, so it's that constant input. They're better workouts in some ways as far yeah. as time constraint goes. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 But I'm definitely feeling stronger on the bike, which is going to be good. Um, did a nice little family hike out at Monoma Falls last or yesterday. Oh, that, wow. that was a lot of fun. Got to take the kids all the way to the top. We'd gone out there before, but they'd never been all the way to the top to, to mm-hmm. see the top of the falls looking down. And they all went up for the most part with no complaints. It was good. Wow. They were just trucking right past everybody. And we were taking pictures and having fun. Took the dog out there and good times. Good Very times. cool. I like it. Yeah. And no soccer this past weekend. Did you get a reprieve? Well, you were gone out of town no. anyway. No, I did soccer. Oh, you did? My, I was there. I looked to see if you guys were around. Uh, you know. Both of my daughters had the weekend off from soccer. Oh, wow. That was That's nice. Cool. <laughs> nice little yeah. break. No, I had, uh, I don't know, two or three hours of soccer just hanging out. Yeah. Soccer fields. I actually went for a run. You went for a run. I went for a run while I was supposed to be watching soccer. Don't tell anyone. <laughs> Whoever's listening to this podcast, keep it to yourself. <laughs> I mean. Par- this is a no parenting judgment zone. I was going to say, let's, let's make, I mean. That's what you should like. Kids <laughs> games are boring as all get out. I mean, come on. <laughs> My, well, some of my, some of those kids games are pretty fun to watch. They are, yeah. Uh, yeah. But uh, yeah, well. but when you're at when you're at all of them and you've got a lot of kids yeah. games to watch, it's just you yeah. can sneak out. I had uh, I, I went to one of my daughter's soccer games yeah. that was at a high school, and the field was in the middle of the track, and I actually rode my bike around <laughs> the track yes. the entire time, <laughs> and I was in, and I was in a full kit, so I'm in spandex because oh I'd ridden there, <laughs> I'd ridden to the. How much did your game. daughter hate? Oh, you? she on hated a scale me. of oh, one yeah. to. T- I, none of that. I think she was a freshman in high school. Oh so my god! Oh, yes, I'm like, hey, Darby, it's me. I'm I can't wait to. I swear, Lance, if I have a child, I'm going to do that same exact thing, and we well, are going to talk about it right after. I do. So the other thing would be bring a trainer and just oh, and, and do just like a brick workout. Spin. Even better, do a brick workout. I've thought about all of brick workout. Let's take a trainer out there. He's got his whip set up. Got your run shoes right next to you. Ten minutes on the bike. That's fun. What's the Wi-Fi password to the high school? Uh, lead out news was there did anything happen this past were there any races this past week we can talk about Kona again this was I know, I know you guys oh, want to hear we need to cover your guys' terrible picks Actually, first off you know what? one of us did great in the women's <laughs> Evan, field one Evan did of really us well. did great in, in my um, assessment I think Evan won which I'm guessing that since Evan won he should be able to pick who wears speedos and I'm going to guess he's going to say everybody <laughs> so here's here's what I want here's what I want I would like <laughs> I would like Lance to race one bike race in a speedo. That's it, it, that just one is the only just thing. one. You are allowed to wear. I'm sure you probably have to wear a shirt. I'm assuming, right, for rules. 
I can't. No, you no? don't. No. Well, All right. In, then you well, need to just in race a, it. In a cyclocross race, uh-huh. you don't have to. Somebody just has to. Um, they have to. They have to mark your number on your back. They have to like <laughs> sharpie the number on your back so they can see your number. That is All right. awesome. <laughs> that is the first thing I need from Lance. <laughs> Wait, I wasn't in the bet. You you had your picks. Paula Newby Fraser had a rough day. I don't think even she was. I don't, I don't know. If she, I think she didn't finish. Did she race? I don't think, I'm pretty <laughs> I don't sure she raced. I, I don't even know if she was on the island. I don't think she know. made the podium. <laughs> Right off the podium, I think. <laughs> Matt, we'll, we'll we'll talk about an appropriate Y race for for, for you to be racing in a speedo. Okay. okay. Plank, Plank had a pretty atrocious girls selection. <laughs> Plank, Plank, Plank pick, you and you and Plank together we, will need to be doing that. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. And I may have Lance but, pass that dress on to Jake for <laughs> for, for 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 a Friday fog hat ride this fog week <laughs> or, or this year. Yeah. Yeah, we're doing fog hat rides on Zwift now, so I'll I'll take that. You'll take it. Yeah. As long as long as you Facebook live the entire thing, yeah. then that's and fair. Evan, what are you gonna do? I will because your guys' picks I, are really similar. Once to mine. I pick the race that you and Alan should be doing the speedos at, I'll join you in a speedo at that it's probably, race. It's got to be Columbia River, right? I think Columbia River is going to be it's probably gotta what be, we got to do. Got to be that one. Or, yeah. I mean, I'd love to do Blue Lake. I'm just thinking it might be too cold. I'm not. I mean, arm warmers, I'll I guess, blue, and gloves. Blue Lake will probably be okay. <laughs> <laughs> arm warmers, gloves, and a speedo. <laughs> yes. We could also just make our own race up out of That's out of true. fall leaf, but we'll 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 look at the calendar. It's it's down now though. Me me Alan Plank and Matt Legrand will all be in speedos at one Here's race. Here's the thing. I'm worried. The Alan Plank might be gone. Well, we'll have to. Well, we'll no, he's he's gonna be gone for a while, but I think he's gonna be back for the summer. Back. I could okay. be wrong, but okay. yeah. yeah, I think he comes back. He's leaving to go. Was it? Where's he going again? Alabama. He's going to Alabama. Alabama. Yeah. yeah. Oh, everybody's hanging Bama. out. Everybody's going to Southeast. <laughs> Everyone's flying out to the Southeast around here. So. <laughs> Orlando, Bama. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Good old work. So you guys yep. want to run through this whole uh, Kona thing real quick? Just like give us yeah. your two cents on it. I mean, your, the, your thoughts. So sure. I think the the. The, the one bit that I think is the most shocking from the race is that Daniela Reef was not dominant this year who, by who any called, means. You called that. I called that. You yeah. called that. You which, called that. That's Evan. crazy. Right? That is yeah. crazy. So, I mean, there was I, no reason to believe that. It was, yeah. I did. I did have like, a reason to believe the it. The reason was at some point she's got to have a bad day. That wasn't just the was only it? reason, though, is because. <laughs> go back and listen I mean, to the podcast. You go and die. Yeah, that's yes. true. But I'm, but, but I'm looking back. The reasoning for that is, I mean, she had just dominated 73 Worlds. Right. That is a close turnaround. She is, I mean, Matt but, knows but us she's when you're doing that every year. She, yeah, she, I don't think last year she raced uh, seventy four years worlds. in a row. The year before like that, that she did. I don't think la- so, I could be completely wrong. I thought last year she wasn't at seventy three. So worlds. she had like a stomach virus, like yeah. leading into the race. Yeah. Now well, no one knew about it until this afterwards. Is, this is from this but, is this is not from my pain. This is from another pro. Is sickness in Kona is absolutely not to ever say that okay right. you know like oh you can't make that excuse but you can't because Kona's biggest thing is it's the buildup and training. If you got sick. You did something wrong along that pathway. Now, sometimes there's just bad luck. Sometimes there's just there is, know, but food poisoning. These things happen. I know, like, but I think that your immune system and your immune system's ability to perform can, can is suppressed. very much part of endurance sure. sports. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, and I'm just saying that from my point of view because I'm lucky enough to be exposed to people in the medical field all the time, yeah. like Lance's. Yeah, that's something that I work on is a strong immune system all the time. I've never taken an anti-inflammatory. I've never taken an antibiotic. I mean, you're like. I, that is very much part of being an endurance athlete. And you look at the greats. I mean, you're, you know, you're digging your, you're, you should be knocking on wood right now. I'm digging a great right now. I know the flu season is but, coming, but also I'm not getting paid by Roka for like a million dollars to go and race this thing. So, well, <laughs> so, so, 
one of the things, you know, when we talked about this last week, I was mm. like, well, if she does have an off day, what's the point for her finishing third? She finished 13th yep. and she was a baller. She just yeah. toughed it out. Oh, yeah. she's tough as, yeah. she's going to come back next she, year she and be angry. Need, she didn't need she to doesn't, finish. She doesn't need to finish 13th. No, no. No. There's no reason for her to do she that. Could've, She's just tough. She, she could have done what, I mean, not to call names again, because I hate being the, couch, I'm literally being a couch warrior here, because I'm in nowhere sure. near the shape these guys are. But, are. I mean, you you look at, she could have done what Lange did. And I know Lange was saying, oh, yep. I was blacking out on the bike and this yeah. and that. And yeah. sick yeah. also, correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah but something as well. But hey, I mean, who's going to say who had the tougher sickness, Danielle or Patrick? Well, Danielle finished the race still. And not just, like you guys said, not only finished the race, I mean, like, toughed out to a top 15 finish. And, so. and one know. of Jake's picks didn't finish either, Marinda Carfrey. Yeah. Yeah, I got her mixed up with her husband. That's what I meant to pick. There you <laughs> go. <laughs> Nailed it. Her husband took second. Plank, Plank awesome. also picked Marinda Carfrey to get yeah. second. So Also, just go T.O. That's so awesome. I oh, my God. That. Good for him. That Marinda Carfrey's husband. Who, yeah. You know, I think that Marinda will obviously be very happy for him because usually in that family, I mean, they're both great performers, but Marinda's a record-breaking sort of talent in the women's yeah. field. And, mm-hmm. I mean, T.O.'s been great and He's, consistent, but he hadn't had that one awesome result in a yeah. world championship yet. Yeah. This is really the one. I mean, that's incredible for him. Yeah. No more deserving guy, too. He's been racing for so long. Yeah, he's been well. He's been one of the top Americans for a long time, mm-hmm. so it's uh, it's what, good to see him do well. What do you guys think about what Lange did? Because what he was 40, 50 miles into the bike, and obviously not feeling well. He'd been dropping places, and then he sees his coach and just slammed on the brakes. Yes, yeah. like uh, this is it. I'm done. I'm done. I think it's. I mean, I don't think it's great, but at the same time, like, eh. He's, these things are going to happen. Like, yeah. he was he wasn't going to finish that. Well, race. You know something's dramatically off, and you're feeling like you're going to black yeah. out, and you feel like you're going to just yeah. You think he's like okay, he was done like 30 miles ago, yeah. but he's like I'm going to ride to my coach. He said he was going to be up near Kauai yep. High. That's like one of the turnoff points. Yeah, so yeah. I'm going to ride to them, and when I see him, I'm done. I'm done. But I think I think he knew that that's a turnoff okay. point. He probably knew. And if, if he knew if his coach bad, was yeah. there, like why stop 20 or 30 miles ago? Yeah, if you exactly. think you got it, you're going to have to sit on the side of the road. Then you're going to end sit there. Yeah, just spin and you're going to be under the spotlight. You're going to be under the microscope. You're the guy. You're right. the guy, and they're going to be just hyper focusing on that. And he, yeah. maybe he gutted it out to get to where he did, so he could just get off course because he was just like maybe yeah. broken, shattered. You know, that's, that's probably true. You know, emotionally and physically. Yeah, I think it also shows that. And Lengy, I mean, we're we're looking at the guy who won the, the last two races. I mean, give him props. Like, obviously, an incredible, incredible athlete. But I think when you're now comparing, where does he stand in the German? You know, if we're talking all time here. And we're talking about, okay, your German Ironman triathletes, you're looking at Sebi, you're looking at Jan, and you're looking at Patrick. Jan's worst day racing, he walked through that marathon, still finished mm-hmm. that race. I personally have a lot of respect for somebody who's just going to finish the race. I really do have a problem with pros DNFing. I re- that's that's just, at my core, I have a really, yeah. really big problem with I pros DNFing. I can see DNFing. that, but I can also but what's, I can t- what's kind of gain? relate. If yeah. you're that sick, what's to gain? If in my in my opinion, it's a world championship. If he does this in Ironman Texas, absolutely. Do you think what's to you think he should fine. not have started? Do you think he shouldn't have started that race? Yeah, yeah. If you're if you're going to DNF D- it, if you know you're going to DNF, DNF it, it yeah. DNF it. Yeah. I mean, Starkey didn't start. Had yeah. a had uh, a medical issue come up. Yeah. But you never know how you're going to feel. I've had times yeah. where I've showed up to races and I've gone to race and I, I felt crappy to start and I had phenomenal races and I've had times where it's just like, yeah. no, it just yeah. isn't going to work. Yeah. Well, and the other thing, and we can't guys, be in his head. I mean, that that right. guy could have been so sick that it's just. But, I mean, you just look at like resolve of the. I mean, when when it's, you're comparing the greatest, you got to be critical of those guys. And you look at, I think yeah. Sebi or Jan are pushing through any. I mean, 
I think Jan Ferdano needs to be on his deathbed to not finish a race yeah, like that. Okay, it's, again, yeah. it's respectable to see these guys push through, like Daniela yes. Reef, like Frodo did last That's year. Huge, yeah. But at the same time, like I don't have any problems with Langy dropping out. Yeah. You know, it's like he had nothing to gain from it, and yeah. if he wasn't feeling good, call yeah. it. Just if, call it. And if he's feeling you know? yeah. faint, riding his bike 25, 30 dangerous. miles an hour. Yeah, yeah, we're talking about safety at that point. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. yeah, that's just where my thoughts are at. And yeah, yeah, and so I, yeah, I think that. We'll have to all just bust out speed us. I think so. <laughs> you you clearly won though. I mean, I mean, I think I did well enough in the women's field to win, but we all missed on the men's field. I you, mean, picked well, Yonder. You win. and I both picked Ferdino to yeah. win, which was good. But my we picked, oh, our second pick was Alistair Brownlee. Another who, another little who, hot oh, take. I was right about Alistair Brownlee. You were right. Yeah. yeah, I said he I was, was, I was way off in so, the heat. So yeah. you can pick the color of the speedo. All right, Ooh, but yeah. also, Ali. So well, pink. bam. I don't. I don't think Damn. a flat's a. Uh, yeah, I mean, Ali did have a, a really untimely flat. You look at yes. Matt Russell had an untimely mechanical. Cody Beals had a really untimely mechanical. Sarah True had a flat early yeah. in the bike ride. So I mean, you're my... you're looking at some things that happened, but uh, you you look. I mean, Ali still did not run the marathon he's capable of. No, I mean, I mean he, he flat came in still in the top. Finished right with Lionel Sanders, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I forget where he came off on the bike, but he was still yeah, way up the he field. He was in it, and the then he just faded. Fourth or fifth or something, I don't remember. Yeah. Yeah, I don't, I think that's just how he's going to run. I mean, that's how it's going to go, right? Like, yeah. that pack of He swimmers. had never run a marathon before, apparently. I didn't know that. Yeah. I just think that there's, I mean, there's no way for him to swim slower. He's yeah. that good of a swimmer. That I think bike-wise. He's one of the best cyclists in the world. In yeah, triathlon. I think that, yeah. that bike group is going to be the same. I mean, yeah. it's just like talking about how the race should have gone we kind of we should have seen that right like ali gets mm-hmm. out in the front with you know that pack yeah you know and they, the pace. that yeah. that pack stays clear for a while and the second pack should catch up but they didn't mm-hmm. but we thought they we would think they would yeah. um but yeah that's kind of how we thought it would go and good for tim o'donnell staying in that bike group too can you imagine awesome. tim o'donnell looking around and he's like oh i've got two olympic gold medalists well, and he's right done this here. before <laughs> this and is... he's like taking the lead before like yeah. it's all kind of stuff that's happened before and he yeah. took the lead at the same spot that he took before yeah so i also, think also talking about another super tough guy he so when I was racing uh, Santa Cruz seventy three, yeah. he was supposed to be at that race. He was on the run course. I saw him out there in a boot. Oh yeah, yeah. He he had a fracture. He had a stress fracture, <laughs> and literally, I mean, he did not think. And you you can look at his post race interview. I mean, this was very emotional for him because he did not think he was going to race this race. He said even the night before he wasn't sure right. if he was going to toe the line. So when we're talking about yeah, like you know, night before not feeling good. If 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 Tim O'Donnell goes out there and is literally limping on a stress fracture, we're we're talking different there. But you you, you, you talk about that. This isn't just an on chance day. This is all about your your prep leading up, your injury prevention, your rehab. I mean, everything goes into these races. This isn't just your luck on race day. It's like the biggest pay the piper moment in in, in your season, basically. I think it's tough because things happen, yeah. right? I mean, mm-hmm. like even Tim O'Donnell like had that basically what was the ankle stress fracture bit? yeah that was like so eight he, weeks out he had that yeah. and he, he has not done he you know he had done some um zero gravity runs and stuff like that mm-hmm. prep was not good for no. this race but you get out there you hang on the bike which because he's been doing more cycling yeah and then the run takes care of itself sometimes and in this case he looked pretty good on the run he did so yeah. that's crazy yeah and and props and to good him. for him cool any other news lance Nope. Did, who? How did they, everything shake out in uh, Oberland over there at the uh, Cascade? At the Cascade Locks, yeah. Um, the men's one-two race was won by Jacob Rathy, who has won several gravel races and several other uh, 
races. Uh, oh, some of the big hitters weren't there because there was a big race in Charm City and Baltimore and another UCI race in um, in Boulder, Colorado. Okay. So there were a lot of people who had traveled to those races. Yeah. So kind of our own uh, Clara Hunsinger, the uh, UCI darling from America this yeah. year who's from Portland. She actually won the elite race in Boulder. She's on fire. Yeah, yeah day yeah. two of Colorado's U.S. Open yeah. of cyclocross. That yeah. was awesome. Pretty awesome. That girl. She's killing it. Yeah. She's How old is she? Like 23? Three? Yeah, I think Something that's all like she that. is. Yeah. So. She's got years and years of good riding ahead yeah. of her. Yeah. yeah. Kind of exciting. Yeah. Did you guys hear about um, the cannibal? Went down this weekend. Yes, Eddie Merckx had Eddie a little Merckx. had a little crash on the bicicleta and hit his head. Yeah, it, it, it was pretty a uh, pretty serious head head wound or head. They called it. He's in his how how old is Eddie now? In his seventies, seventy four. Seventy four. Yeah. yeah, they called it not not life threatening. Not life threatening, but it was yeah yeah. But it was rough though. Yeah. But that's pretty cool. Seventy-four years old, you know, cannibal out there, still pedaling around. He's Belgian. That guy could crash and get run over by a car and probably be fine. Like that's, I mean, the 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 Belgian guys are so tough. Those guys are. (laughs) Rub some dirt on it. Seriously, those guys are so 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 tough. (laughs) All right, so let's uh, let's move on to our next segment. Um, How about a listener hot lap, guys? Yes, let's do that. Yeah, we're gonna give David David Bussey, a friend of ours and listener, a call, and let's do that right now. Hello, this is David. David, this is Jake from the Dial Podcast. How are you, bud? Jake, I am doing great. How are you doing? I'm doing well. Long time, man. How you been? What's up, David? <laughs> it's been a very long time. I've been good. Good. I've been good. Well, first yeah, yeah. and foremost, thank you for joining us today. Really appreciate that. And I'm kind of curious to hear what you have to say in response to some of these questions and what questions you might have for us. So I'm a, I'm a little afraid of what David's going to say. He he's pretty quick on his feet. Yeah. <laughs> David, hey, just can I, can, I, can I start with one thing real quick? Go, Go for it. it. Just a little shout out. I would love to say hello to my good friend and best buddy Justin Wagner. Oh. I just want to say hi and. I made it, Justin. <laughs> ODZ yeah. teammate, correct? <laughs> oh, yeah. We go back a long ways. That's awesome. Yeah, Justin Wagner's been on the show maybe three or four times. Do we have, yeah. awesome Do we have an update on Justin? I know. I mean, obviously, you know, he had that background. How, how has he been doing lately? I think he's, um, David probably knows. Yeah. I was going to say, David, that was actually going to be one of my first questions. Yeah, I could you. speculate. So tell us, David, how's yeah. Justin doing? I, you know, I chatted with him the other day and nothing came up. So I, I don't know. I don't think he's doing a whole lot of heavy tra- training right now. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, it's, it's off season. He does, he, he doesn't cross cause he will crash. He doesn't, um, <laughs> you're telling me indoor so, riding doesn't prepare you for cross. He was a, he was a triathlete in a former life, right? <laughs> he was a runner in a former life right. from what I heard. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah. Good stuff. Yeah, he rode this morning. He did um, an hour, went up some hills, did some, I don't know. Good job, man. On Zwift. Did you just know that off the top of your head? Oh, yeah. I'm always stalking (laughs) Justin. How how many feet did he climb? Do you know uh, off the top of your head? 2,800. Give or take. Roughly. roughly. (laughs) Good job, Justin. He's already got the Tron bike, so go figure. There you go. Lance, do you have any questions for David? David, why don't you tell us about yourself, Uh, your background, your cycling prowess. um, Mm. I yeah. What what level Zwifter you are? <laughs> oh. Sure. Now, pr- prowess is a strong word. Um, basically, my history goes back to about the same place that Jake's does. I was uh, born and raised in Southern California. Started out in Orange County um, as a 
youngster went uh, eventually to Riverside County. So you guys are doing your team camps in my old home areas. So that's kind of fun. Um, Went to Santa Barbara to go to college. Um, Went up and down the hills in Santa Barbara with some friends on, on bikes a lot my freshman year. Then I got a car sophomore year and everything went downhill except for the weight that went uphill. (laughs) (laughs) So that's the tragic story of, of going to college. Um, stayed in Santa Barbara for about 10, 12 years, um, decided it was too expensive to try and buy a house down there. Uh, moved up to Portland where my wife was from, uh, met her down there and, and we moved up here. And as far as cycling about, it's God, it must be 12, 13 years now. I had an unknown accident where both my knees got blown out at the same time, um, doing some remodeling projects and whatnot, uh, did the meniscus in both and ACL, PCL in one and ACL in the other all at the same time, which is makes sleeping really good because you can't lay on either side or anything. It's just terrible. Um, went to the specialist. He said, yeah, I could certainly do surgery. You're a candidate for that, but you know, you're on the borderline. You could try and just rehab it. If you want, go from there. Started riding the bike. And at that point started doing like five, six miles a day. The first ride I did was about nine miles. And I thought I was going to (laughs) die. Wanted to throw my bike in the, in the river and never look at it again. Uh, but thankfully I got back on it a second time. Um, and a second time was much better, right? <laughs> oh no, not really. But I started, but I started, I, I found a little six mile loop and just started doing that and it got faster each time. And, um, within a month it was actually enjoyable. And then my first, my first distance experience, um, since, you know, when I was a kid or whatever was some friends, that lived next door to us came back from a ride and I said, Oh, Hey, and we lived in Canby. I said, Oh, Hey, uh, where, where did you guys go? And they, Oh, we went over to Newburgh. I'm like in my head doing the math. I'm like, wait, that's like 40 miles round trip. Really? And they're like, yeah. I'm like, huh? Okay. I guess it's possible. So my next goal was to do a century ride and, uh, just all went uphill from then, uh, from there, um, had a friend who saw a a cross race told me about it, went and watched one and went, yeah, that looks doable. Oh, that was, yeah, <laughs> yeah. that, that was 10 years ago. I've done 10 years of cross amazingly enough. Oh, wow. Um, you're making Lance I, look lazy over yeah. there 10 years of cross. <laughs> yeah. Underneath you. Wow. Yeah. And it's funny if you look at my history, it's like the first year was like six races or something. And then it, but a couple of years later it was like 40 races a year or some ridiculous thing. It's like, okay. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> So now, I, and I'm definitely, I've, I, I've been a mid packer for a long time. Um, I did okay one season when my weight got down to about 172 or so, uh, during cross season. I actually did okay that year. Um, it's just hard to keep the weight off when you like to eat and there's Couldn't things in the world day. like ice cream right. and cookies <laughs> and <Right>. chocolate <laughs> and, and bread is just delicious. I mean, if they could make yeah. a zero calorie bread, you know, I feel like we'd be a lot faster at this sport. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's interesting. I, I was, I weighed less when I was doing about 3000 miles a year. And now with Swift and everything, I do about 7,000 miles a year and I've 
gain 20 pounds. So go figure. <laughs> that's a very good mileage though. You're, I'm sure, I'm sure, I'm sure you're, I mean, that's, that's almost doubling your mileage there. Have you found that like how, how, how many years did that take you to, to go from those 3000 to 7,000 years? Um, the first, like probably the first five years or so I was pretty, you know, the first year was like, like 600 miles cause it was only half a year. And then the next year was like 1800 miles. And then it just kind of went up from there. It stabilized around 3,200, 3,500 for probably four or five years. Then when Zwift came along, it just made it easier to get an extra 3000 miles. Yeah. in. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And you start, you start training for things like STP, which is the first year that I met, uh, Jake, That's um, Seattle to Portland mm-hmm. yep. three years ago, was it three and a half years mm-hmm. ago, four, four years four ago, years something ago. like that. Yeah. Um, I only saw him from behind, um, him and him and Justin were gone like crazy. So, but I did see him at the finish. So that was nice. Was that the year, Jake, you guys went for, or went under, what is it? 10 under 10. I think our rolling yeah. time was nine hours and 30 minutes. Yeah. Yeah. That's, yeah. that's the day I met uh, Justin as well. Cause that's I, moving. I yeah. helped for the last hundred miles. Yeah. Yeah. And, and Justin had two flats apparently on yes, that ride. And they he did. still including stop time was only like 10, 15 or something. It's just yeah. crazy. Yeah. That was a day. <laughs> that, that was the day. Excellent. Yeah, yeah. Evan, do you have any questions for David? Oh, absolutely. So you never got those surgeries, David? I never have had the surgeries. I That is awesome. Yeah, I still think at some point down the road it might have to happen. Um, the doctor interestingly told me, well, it's your age, which at the time was like 45 or 42 mm-hmm. or 3 or whatever. Um, yeah. He said, at your age, you know, you just don't have a lot of blood flow in your knees and you know, so the rehab is a lot harder than it would be if you were a kid and you still had good both blood flow to, to your knees and stuff. Yeah. So I think cycling has kind of helped in that regard. I also am not unconvinced that the that the meniscus kind of re, reshape or, re, you know, kind of sand off the edges or something to where mm-hmm. they be, become more serviceable. So I think that might have something to do with it as well. No, that's, you know, I've, I've had patients in the past that are what we call compensators, which are people who have, you know, ACL tears, PCL tears, what have you, and they don't get surgeries and do just fine in the long term. And, you know, don't, don't think of it as a ticking time bomb either. It's definitely something that you can, you can continue to plug forward with. And cycling is perfect because, I mean, you're not that far off the mark with, you know, increased blood flow to that region comes through movement, bottom line. So yeah, that's that. Right. That's awesome that you, you you went that route. I'm sure that was not easy. I know that sounds gr- easy in theory when you're like, oh yeah, I just won't get the surgery and just rehab this, you know, through movement. But the, the fact that you stuck with that is awesome, David. Yeah, and I, um, you know, it it it, it certainly helped. I, I mean, maybe I will get by forever. And some some people tell everyone tells me that it, once you have the surgery, you're going to have it again in ten years anyway, which. <laughs> You know that that wasn't super appealing to me as well. The meniscectomy, um, you mean? Is that is that what they were yeah, talking the, about? Yeah, the meniscus part of it. Yeah. Yeah, you kind of opened um, up the floodgates there. Yeah, and so at this point, my only residual issues are, you know, I'll, I'll get really fa- my knees will get fatigued if I'm standing on concrete for an hour at a time or something. Yeah. And actually, if I don't ride my bike for more than three days, they start to kind of get cranky as well. Yeah. So mm-hmm. there's that. That's also just cyclists in general though, right? Don't you just get cranky? Just maybe not the knees. It's just David's knees get cranky, but most cyclists get cranky when you're not touching your bike for three days. Yes. I get told to go on bike rides all the time. (laughs) Just doesn't seem like you're in a good mood right now, David. It's time. It's time for you to throw a leg over a bike. (laughs) 
Nice. Matt, questions for David? Sure. Yeah. Lots of questions. David, um, so I don't, I don't know how much you've listened to the podcast, but we're always looking for topics on the podcast. Is there anything that we should explore? Could be potentially, um, you know, something like Zwift or something like that. Uh, what, what topics should we explore on the podcast? Do you have any ideas for us? Well, I think Zwift is definitely a good, uh, good place to go in the next few months when the Northern Hemisphere is in its winter months. Um, certainly a good idea. Um, you know, how to, how to train moderately in the winter is probably a good idea because, you know, you have a tendency on Zwift, for those of us that have been there a while, to treat every day all year long like it's a training day or a race day. So that's kind of the hardest part. Um, my first probably three or four months on Zwift, I literally could not let a guy go past me without trying to stand at <laughs> the wheel or catch him or whatever. I mean, it, it, and that Sounds was before. Right. I, mean, it, I just ran have, into that they, issue today, David. I'm completely with you there. <laughs> yeah, they didn't, they didn't have events. They didn't have, you know, there were no event modules. There was, there was no races per se or anything like that. So it was literally, it's like, oh, that guy just tried to pass me. I'm going to show him, you know, or whatever. So. Yeah. I mean, so, so after about three or four months, it got to be okay. I can actually ride soft on here without going too crazy, <laughs> but it's still hard to do sometimes. <laughs> That's funny. Yeah. Um, maybe some helpful hints on what to do with all the, um, GoPro video footage that I have at home or that <laughs> other people probably also have at home. Um, I'm really good at taking the video um, taking 3000 photos at a, at a, at a, at a race or whatever. I'm just not super good at, at editing down those videos into something tolerable or usable. So hey, Matt, how about some would... crowdsourced, uh, videos for you to make some of your future videos? You don't <laughs> need to go, go out there and get all that crazy stuff. Yeah. Just yeah. send in your, your video folks. <laughs> I will just send you my, I will send you my footage. <laughs> it's about yeah, a terabyte. Crawl, Let's crawl through gigs and gigs of video. <laughs> hey, you got nothing better to do, right? Yeah. <laughs> Um, so you've been on, on Zwift for a while and we, we kind of touched on the whole ODZ thing. Um, mm -hmm. real quick, do you want to tell everybody what your handle is on Zwift or is that still um, top secret? Well, I'd, I'd first like to brag my, um, my Zwift number is in the 4,000 range. Zwift um, number miles. No uh, followers. My, my Zwift ID number. Oh, you're um, okay. one of the first. So thousand I was in, people. I was in there pretty early. I was on, on the original Jarvis Island. Um, I know another guy on Zwift. I think that he's under 20 with his number. It's kind of crazy. Wow. And they're in the millions yeah. now, correct? They're in, yeah. Yeah. Cause they, if, even if you just try it out, you get a number. So, you know, 1.5 million people roughly have tried Zwift or, and, or stayed with it. Wow. Wait, so 1.5 um, million people have tried it and you're in the top two, 4,000, 4,000 like first 4, people 000, to get on it. Yeah. 133 or something. Yeah. Something. Where do you find that number? Yeah. Does that mean it's on a higher it's level? It's on your than Swift me? ID number, so you can look it up. Um, you can Google that. But here, let me Google that for you. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> so, 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 David, what what level are you in Zwift? It, Grant, I have just now started Zwift, so I have no idea how that system works. Um, well, Zwift initially came out with twenty five levels, and most of us hit that within a year or maybe a year and a half, two years. Um, whatever it was and, and people complained and complained and complained. And after about two years, they finally came out with level 50, which is the current maximum level that you can be. Um, 
so of course I'm at 50. I mean, uh, yeah. why, why, why wouldn't I be? <laughs> and now um, are you going to complain till I do a level 100? You know, I think people just kind of gave up on worrying too much about it. Um, they have that new drop shop thing. So they give you points for all your riding and you can buy cheesy stuff or buy fake bikes or mm-hmm. buy special wheels or whatever. I just got the um, camo kit. Ooh. Yeah, I I, yeah, I do have four <laughs> or five point five million drops right now to spend. Oh my so gosh! I, I, yeah, I got about three point eight. So <laughs> I have no idea what to even do with those. I I, I don't even think about it until I log Bitcoin? on. Bitcoin? Like, oh can, yeah, there's can, those. Can you things, like yeah. reinvest those in Bitcoin, or is that <laughs> is that enough to buy a pair of socks <laughs> in the real world? <laughs> Would, wouldn't Wouldn't that be nice? Um, back to your other question, Jake. My um my Zwift handle um is Mr. Fantastic. Um, <laughs> <laughs> a, a character from the fantastic four as it might be obvious or maybe not uh, i think i knew of your uh, zwift handle before i knew who you were i'd actually seen that around floating around i'm like mr fantastic who is this guy and and sure enough it's you <laughs> yeah well there's a story behind it um odz used to have quite a few um uh, themed rides, I guess, or theme races. Sure. So you'd have, you'd have teams and there was always a theme of some sort. And, you know, we'd do them like every three months or six months or something. And so one of them was, um, well, first we wanted to have, we wanted to have it good versus evil or something. And Zwift got really mad and wouldn't put it in the module and said, you can't have anything that has a, a bad in it. It can't be evil, blah, blah, blah. And we're just like, okay, whatever. Um, so <laughs> anyway, so, so basically all the teams were, um, groups of, um, you know, super, super people, whatever, from different categories in, in the comic book <laughs> world. So my team was, uh, the fantastic four. And, so we all changed our names on Zwift. This is literally three years ago. We all changed our names on Zwift, changed our avatars to be a picture of whatever our, our character was. And I've just never changed it back. I just kind of got used it's to stuck, it. Yeah. <laughs> you know, days turned into months and months turned into a couple of years. And now it's been three years. And Awesome. You know, I don't know what would, if I, if I put my actual face and name on there, people might quit quit following me on there <laughs> don't even know what would happen who is this guy <laughs> um real quick any any updates anything cool going on in the odz land um gosh well they've got their their camp set up for next year already um which i'm not going to be able to attend unfortunately because it's I'm, i do accounting work and it's during the time of the month when accounting people can't leave um, so they're going to have to carry on without me. I'm sure some of them would be happy about that, but, um, so that'll, that'll be in the, uh, Fountain Hills area of, uh, Phoenix. Gotcha. Um, and it, it's a lot of fun. I've, we've done it the last two years, uh, ongoing. Um, last year we did Mount, Mount Lemon, which was insanely awesome. Um, it's, it's one of those climbs that, it doesn't go up and down whatsoever. It literally just goes up and up and up. Um, I think your, your negative, it's a, I forget 6,000 feet or something like that. And during that 6,000 feet, there might be 300 feet of descent during that incline. And that's in, just, that's in Tucson. So you guys, you guys travel. That's, the... that, that's out of Tucson. Yeah. So yeah, what we did was, uh, some of the, one of the guys in, um, Boise, um, Eric Denning has a big rig, um, 
Wow, a vehicle very similar to our own uh, Mr. Hepler's vehicle, um, uh, but it's but it's got seats and open back to it. So um, you stacked we it with piled bikes like and people fifteen and bikes in the back. Yep, just uh, fifteen bikes in the back, at least whatever it was. Oh, wow. Yeah, it was just literally packed, and and I think there were one or two that had to get stacked on top of the other ones. Um, all with carpet, you know, the moving blankets and whatever, of course. Um, and then it had seats in there. I think we took two cars down there. Um, and it was a couple hour drive and then the, uh, you know, the five hour ride and then back in the car or back, we had dinner in Tucson and then back to, back to Phoenix. Gotcha. Gotcha. That is awesome. Awesome trip. Yeah, Yeah. it was awesome. So hopefully, hopefully I'm hoping I'll be able to make the OD or the, uh, the, uh, the dial camp this year. Yeah. That's what Lance was mentioning before we brought you on that you, uh, I was, that was going to be my question to you actually. (laughs) Finally, if I'm invited. (laughs) Oh yeah, that'll be fun. That'll be a fun group. (laughs) And then my last, last question here real quick. What's your favorite segment on the show or topic? I'll let you pick one or the other or both. Um, I mean, I, I like the, um, the beginning when you guys go through what you did during the week. The back pedal. Um, yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. The back pedal is, it's just, I mean, besides Lance's escapades across. <laughs> I was going to say Lance has the best back pedal usually, but that's... The, 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 the earth. Um, I, I do like how some of the other guys have started, um, co-opting Lance's <laughs> backpedals yeah, for themselves. Even, Me and Matt have just been racing a lot lately. I don't know what to say. I mean, they raced cyclocross yeah. 17 times. There's been a lot of racing. <laughs> and then do you have I mean, any... Lan- oh, Lance's are so crazy that they're almost so absurd. It's like, really? Is that true? <laughs> <laughs> I ripped my pants. He has a mystique around him now. There's like this, is that a true story? And it is. Wearing dresses. <laughs> wearing ripping, dresses. Ripping my shorts off. And all the rest of us are just like, I got nothing. All Lance. of a sudden he's yeah. chasing a dog in Alabama. What does this guy do? Yeah. Lance, is your but life scripted? Are you brand scripting this? not scripted. <laughs> he, he does have Instagram though, so it's all verified. This, this is true. This is very true. It's all real. <laughs> David, any so questions think, for us? I think that's my favorite. Gotcha. Yeah. Any questions for us? You know, I don't have a whole lot of questions for you guys. I, um, you know, I've met, well, I've met half of you. I don't think I've met Matt or Evan before. Um, we're we're going to have to meet then, David. The, we got we to gotta ride together here at some point. Yeah, well, you know, there's two cross races this weekend. Um, I know I'll be there. I'm in, I'm in <laughs> Seattle this weekend, but David, I do have access to a gravel bike now, which means Ooh. that I can go off-road. Nice. I've Good. told Lance it was the most fun I've had in my life. So <laughs> we, we will need to work something out here. <laughs> gravel's a lot of fun I, there's some great places down um up in the hills above malala there's some great places down by the coast like up around mount hebo area um i mean yep. I, I think i think oregon's got probably twenty thousand miles of gravel oh, if you think about it i'm open to it absolutely <laughs> yeah. lance agrees i think he's written it all so. <laughs> yeah. yeah very cool lance has done some of the harder parts yep for yep. sure all right david i really appreciate your time man it was great talking with you um Unless you've got anything else, we'll uh, we'll catch you soon. We'll see you at a race soon. Yeah, thanks a lot for having me. Um, I, I like the way we've got some new juniors coming in. Hopefully, we'll get them uh, kicking it and uh, getting some points and doing all the good stuff. Yeah, we'll, we'll circle good. back um, with you another time on that because I think there's a lot to be discussed there, and you do a lot to help out in that community, so course. I appreciate that. Yeah, absolutely. That is cool. Cool. Thank you, David. Yeah. It's good talking with I you. I know most of them beat my times too <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna beat all of us one day don't worry dude <laughs> all right david we'll talk to you soon bud thanks guys all right, Have a take great care day. bye yeah. david yep bye
All right, another fun listener hot lap. That was uh, week number seven in a row. All right. So wow. yeah, We're pretty doing good well. stuff. If you want to be on the show, you want to maybe be listener number eight, give us a shout on Facebook. Go check us out there. Send us a direct message. We'll get in touch with you, and we'll set it up. Good times. How, clo- how close are we to number 100? 14 more to go. 14 more to go. This is 86, yep. correct? Correct, yep. sir. Oh, man. It's coming up soon. We should do something wow. special for the hot lap for that one. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. yeah, we'll have to up our liqueur game here. <laughs> or, <laughs> well, were we talking about doing Perrier. We're uh, talking about doing like a live broadcast yeah. at a bar. Possibly. Like yeah. Oh yeah. Possibly. We gotta make that happen. We should. All yeah. right, let's we'll jump into our topic for today since we've been rambling on about all kinds of stuff. <laughs> road racing. Bring it's on live support. <laughs> is road racing dead, you guys? Really, oh. is it dead? Do you think so? It's a hot take. Now that's a tough question. The, the premise yeah. behind this was I was looking back on uh, a show that we did actually a year ago today. We had executive director from Oregon Bicycle Racing Association, Chuck Keenland, come in and join us. And we talked about the the state of road racing. And, um, you know, if you guys want to go back and listen to it, I think it was in like the early 30s, if I'm if I'm correct. Yeah. Um, maybe I'll post that up with the show just so people can mm-hmm. have an easy reference points. Go back and listen to that. Um, we talked about all kinds of stuff. And Chuck kind of felt a little bit rosy about, you know, road racing having a pulse and, and still growing and, and being good. And there's a, some stuff that might contradict that. But we were reading that article that was kind of giving us a, it could go either way kind of a, a synopsis. Um, I just wanted to ask you guys in the past year, what is your take? Where, where do you think we're at? Do you think we're any better off than we were a year ago? We worse? Where are we at? Anyone want to take this one? Let's go with Lance first. Because <laughs> he just breathes the loudest. I, I breathe the None of us want I, was, I feel like we all have he, thoughts on this, but nobody wants to like I was just going to go with whatever the opposite of what you guys say. <laughs> Captain well, this was, Contrarian. I, mean, we've already, <laughs> I love the debate. We've already that, really like. started this this like debate. I was trying to get as much controversy going with the Kona thing as much as possible. Okay. This is another hot topic right here. I mean, here's, here's the thing, though. Is road racing dying as things like gravel riding and cross grow? Yeah, maybe a little bit. So is it just is something so dying as something else grows? Yeah, I mean, so is it is maybe not the death of road racing, but maybe the decrease of road racing? Okay, if things like that grow. I, here, here's my personal experience: is that you know, and I I did uh, two or three road races this year, and I don't know ten or fifteen circuit type um, criterium races, and and. I didn't see the fields small unless the weather sucked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. If the weather was bad, the state the, championship I think still had good turnout. I, see, I didn't go. No, to that. actually, it didn't. did it not? No, it was terrible. Oh, was, I, I think they only had like 170 ish people show total. up for, for total for well, all and that, fields. And that was a good day. Weather, That's a state championship on a that. storied venue. Beautiful weather. Yeah. It was the Oprah Championship weekend, and we still had poor numbers, and so poor that what the promoter who put that? it on in conjunction with Oprah is not going to do that race again next year in 2020. No, it will not be on the calendar. Yeah. Silverton is not coming back. That's an unfortunate. Awesome so, so here's my question to you. It's hard to judge the numbers because Lance says, the races I've gone to, I've seen some good numbers, but what if they're less races? In this case, like like Lance, like Jake is talking about with you know like Silverton not happening. When you don't have a race, there's probably more pressure for riders to go find a separate race or whatever it is, and then the numbers yeah. look good at that race or whatever right. it is, but overall, the numbers might be down. So it may be one of those situations where things look rosy, when you right. go to a certain race, I don't know. Well, the, the thing too, I think with road races, it it tends to attract serious racers. Yeah, more mm-hmm. serious racers, and they'll show up 
week after week. They'll show up week yeah. after. So there's there's a group of committed people that yes. want to be there and <clears throat> and will be there. Where you know because they're difficult to to spectate at. Yep. And the and the races are physically demanding for several hours. You know, a lot of times these road races are. Whereas a cyclocross race, yeah. the the spectating minutes, yeah. is a blast right. if they're anybody easy, with a mountain bike can jump in and pretty much you know the races are very hard but it's 40 minutes of hard so it's i wonder if maybe hours. it's like a it's it's more of an issue with race promoters or people that are putting on the events themselves because like you said you, you don't have the spectators you have this same core group that are going to do these races right. if you have a race they're going to do them but if you don't, if you're not making your numbers for the event itself, yeah. then you might need to downsize and only host a certain number of events. I, I don't know. That's the thing. I, I I think any road races in this area is going to attract the same 150 yeah. people. Yeah. Those 150 people are coming to those races regardless <laughs> Until, of how hard it is right. or or what the weather's like. What what the promoters want and what we'd like to see as a cycling community it's, is for them to be 500 people at those races. And new people. And new people. Right. And bigger beginner's fields. Yep. And bigger women's fields so that right. the, the it continues to grow and we keep having these things on the schedule. But I don't know. I don't know what the answer so, is. So maybe it's a growth in cycling or a growth in road race right. problem. You know, you're not seeing people try road racing. And that's one of the things that this podcast really promotes. You know, not necessarily me. We're always talking about triathlon on this yeah. side of the table. But, but there's a big road to, element to but, that. But, though, but yeah. I absolutely want people to be getting into road racing and doing cycling. Well, I think yeah. as a podcast, we've had guests come on and talk about how can we get, you know, more women involved in road racing and, and jake pretty much doesn't have an episode of this podcast where he doesn't tell people that they should road, ride their bikes and right. race sure and so mm. we're doing this small piece of the puzzle but like maybe we're maybe we're failing right like maybe the numbers are the same 150 people that are going to do those races but if there's not new people showing up yeah how do you how do you get that happening how do you you know what can you do to make that more attractive well, for them press pause on that for just a second and look at cycling on the whole let's look at all disciplines Cyclocross numbers have dipped down there as well, correct? Really? I think they are down a little bit this year. I mean, in the Cross Crusades heyday, wasn't it something like 2,000 plus people showing up to a race? For for a weekend, yeah. And I now there's like 1,000? Is that maybe because there's more racing now on the cyclocross schedule? Well, no, Throughout actually the there's, there's not. There's actually, not. most other promoters completely stay away from right. the, the cyclocross crusade yeah, you don't step dates. on those toes. You don't step on those toes. Well, yeah, yeah I mean, you, you won't have sense. anybody come. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Everybody's at the cross crusade. But I'm saying, I'm you know, have, I mean, like I'm they have, have, they have weekly open races. I mean, it's yeah. so much so important that like the the Zone Five guys who put on the GP series, which is the the early season cross racing, they used to have a six race series, and there was one of their races that fell on the same weekend as another solo race. But that solo race, if you showed up and you did well there, you got call up points for the cross crusade. Right. They were losing people to a race that was giving people call up points for the for cross the, crusade, the cross crusade. crusade. it's not Got even it. the crusade itself so okay um yeah that that's the the gorilla in the i room. was one of those i skipped the zone five race to do the race for the call up yeah and the zone five race infinitely better better yes. venue better <laughs> race everything yeah. just well put together well run and people just didn't show up yeah i thank those people for not showing up because that was the last race i did as a matter of fact that came up in my time hop today Oh, really? <laughs> two years ago today was the last time I got to be involved with the cyclocross, cyclocross race. race. Yep. Yeah. So it was a, a smaller field. I think we only had like 20 ish people in right. my field and 
I won. That was fun. But <laughs> it was just still a small field. It'd been nice to have double the numbers. So, right. Yeah. Yeah. So, but you know, mountain biking is how are the numbers there? Do you those have any idea? They seem to be down. Yeah. So crits here in the Pacific Northwest, those numbers are down too, and well, that's a vin- almost. Huh? I mean, well, where where are the crits? A lot of that problem has to do with just not being able to get the uh, the license the from the city not, to not make it happen, or a permit, right. if you will. Um, there's people that want to put them on. It's just having a, a, an able, ready, willing place to, to be able to do it on a consistent yep. basis. So, so that's a city issue. Yeah. Even such, I, mean, I think you get a lot more people coming out for yeah. crits than road races. But they're still not coming out, and yeah. that's a small venue. That's like a what, like a one mile lap ish, if yep. you will. And you get to see the riders come by 15, 16, 18 times, yep. and mm-hmm. it's more of a like a cyclocross kind of environment. But those are shrinking as well. Is cycling on the whole? Is it shrinking? Am, am I just like jaded here? Do I have the you know the rosy colored glasses on, looking at things, thinking it's all hunky dory, but it's it's not. Well, I would look at like century rides and things like that to see if those are shrinking, and if they are, then maybe it you know it is one of those situations where people are biking less. I don't know. People are just yeah. I mean, are are pe- centuries doing well? I don't. I don't have no idea. Yeah. But I, I mean, I think like, like STP, like Seattle to Portland. Gosh, that I mean. It's a that's a huge ride, like huge seven thousand, ten thousand. And when I first when we moved there, here, yeah, everybody told tells me, oh, you got to do STP, you got to do STP. And I got this thing built up in my head, and I did. I went to go get a, a registration, and it was, you know, it was. I think they open up registration in January, and I think I went to look to get my registration in April, and they've been sold out for some time. But I was then trying to buy them on eBay, trying to yeah. get registrations. Mm-hmm. And then I got word that they were going to release some. And I was in a lottery. And I got lucky. And I got a, um, an entry to the race, which was kind of cool. But they used to sell it. Now, it seems like you can get an entry all the way up to the start of the race if you want to go out and do it. It's not like one of those things where you're like, you know, fighting people tooth and nail <laughs> to get this last entry. I blame cars. I, I, I was about to say, I think this is... Because, I mean, we've now had this conversation kind of two years in a row, and really, I don't think it's just been the last two yeah. years. I mean... I think that's a big contributing factor, but if we're looking at yeah. cyclocross numbers maybe dipping a little bit, we're looking at mountain Are biking b- numbers dipping a little bit. Are gravel numbers coming up? I mean, gravel's yeah, that's becoming... A, that's a brand new thing. That's yeah, a brand new it's thing. a brand that's new thing the, growing. That's the flavor of the month right Is that there, maybe so. what's maybe detracting from mountain biking maybe. cyclocross, uh, so maybe? So, case in point, uh, Chad Sperry, a local <laughs> gravel race promoter here who put on the Oregon Trail Gravel Grinder mm-hmm. and the Cascade Gravel uh, and the Gorge Gravel Grinder. The Gorge Gravel Grinder, a one-day gravel event, it was sold out for like weeks before the event. Okay. That's so awesome. It, it was sold out. Yeah. His his multi-day stage races, there was a three-day one in Bend, and there was a, the the five-day one for the Oregon Trail. Yeah. Those did not sell out. Okay. Well, those are a little bit tougher to maybe sell out. Those were a hard. big ask of, of human beings that's, to that's be able to perform. The they're expensive, yeah. too, yeah. because, well, you know, five days of camping, food, logistics, yeah. and, you know, you know yeah. and racing, and the races and the days were not easy. Yeah. They were difficult, and well, I think that kept people away. I think I think we're looking at too, and this is just maybe because I'm in this sort of mindset reading a book that's based in the 1950s and 60s right now. I mean, oh, big surprise! This is <laughs> this is. I mean, but let's let's look at this. It's. I mean, you wouldn't have to convince a cyclist in the 1950s to be like, "Hey, it's a hard day. This is a hard course. Come out and do this race." Nowadays, and we hear this in triathlon all the time. Is oh man, that course has so much climbing. It's yeah, too hard. But, I don't want to do that, it. Is that really true, or are we just reading these books about people? No, who I think never that's true. It off. No, I think that's true. I think, I think in general now people don't look for those harder. I mean, 
look at um there's a race in europe called like the isclar race or something like that the ironman isclar race that has like not that many people that go to it each year it's a very very hard demanding course on the triathlon side the races that sell out are the fast races that's arizona florida stuff races like that so 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 if we translate that to the local road racing scene silverton not get i mean silverton's a hard course that's a hard day on the bike to speak to that we had a team or a team directors and managers meeting for all of oregon bicycle racing association open for all teams to come send their directors Mm -hmm. managers whoever might you know represent your team we all got in a room and we started talking about stuff and one of the big topics was road racing what's going on with road racing how can we get more people out there and we even had promoters that showed up to this as well so that there could be some dialogue going back and forth mm-hmm. um there was a cat one team that spoke up and one of the points that they made was the racing is too hard i'm like i'm thinking to myself at first i'm taking back I'm like really i mean are, is that you're you just soft or what's the deal there yeah. but then i start thinking about it. i mean there's a lot of things that vie for our time and in order to be able to keep up with the racers at that level i mean to go out and do a, an 80 mile race mm-hmm. with cat one two guys that's a big ask especially oh, for huge. somebody like me that's in their 40s trying to keep up with, in an open race with guys that are in their 20s that maybe are aspiring to race at, at a, have higher a lot more level. time to train yeah you know if you get dropped off in that what kind of fun is to go race by yourself like off the back, just trying to race against stragglers. I mean, yeah, that's not necessarily fun. Now, now, what if they took that same 80-mile race and shrunk it down into like 45 or 50 miles? It's going to be a little bit more intense, but the, the odds of you being able to hang in there might increase a little bit. Maybe you can employ a little bit more team tactics. The same usual suspects are going to probably win, but at least I know that I'm not going to crack at mile 65 because they put in the, the 23rd attack and yeah. I just can't do it again. Yeah, I mean, that's that's a good point, or do we just split up the racing better? Because if you look at it that way, I mean, if we're as a country trying to develop top-end talent and really sure, get back sure. into be competitive and things like the Tour de France and the Olympics, well, I mean, you got to be racing 80, 90 miles when you're young. That's like, true. Like, you got to be having yeah. those longer days. So it may just be, I don't know the answer to that. I don't think the hard races, that doesn't keep those 150 people away. No. Right. The ones that are going to race regardless. I think that's exactly right. It's, it's keeping away... The other hundred that yeah. might so you shorten it up and you sanitize the race yeah. a little bit more people come out and then then what no i think you go extreme to to get that group that lance is talking about i say you have a try of a road race where you you know you're you're holding their hands they're doing 18 miles or something and they get a medal afterwards <laughs> we, have, we, have we talked about medals on this podcast before that's an interesting topic this is killing me yeah <laughs> well again maybe and, maybe and that's the, the that's the entry right that's maybe, the yeah maybe the promoters need to get together too maybe not everybody needs to like try and outdo the next guy and say oh my my race is tougher my race has got more of this that and the other maybe there yeah. just needs to be a far more easier races and then maybe you've got that one big ostentatious tough like kick you in the seat of the pants kind of race where everybody's like i'm gonna go do that you Let's know just have 20 of those you know, like baker city for instance <laughs> you go down and you do baker city it's a four stage race you're coming out you're doing uh-huh. a road race you're yep. doing a time trial and you're doing a crit right. and then you're doing a the the last yeah. like big big race which has got a big huge climb it's in like it. 90 miles with like a 14 mile climb at the end yeah and everybody's like we know who's going to win that race but we still want to go down there and do it we want yeah. the challenge you know yeah so see and i consider myself one of those 150 that would probably show up and race anything yeah but i didn't do baker city and part of it was that last day yeah <laughs> part of yeah. it was because i had just done that gravel i was race. gonna say that yeah. was actually it just didn't fit your season super well <laughs> yeah but don't kid yourself if you hadn't done that gravel race you were down there you would have jumped on your bike and gladly <laughs> jumped in but i also would have i would have known that 
I had no shot on that last day. Yeah, but, but you know okay. what? Racing for the team is just I as fun. I would have yeah, raced for exactly. the team. So, yep. th- so that leads me to my next point. Does there need to be more team involvement here? Yes, t- I think the teams need to have like some skin in the game. They need to go out there and they need to commit. And they need to get more of their people coming out and they got to show up to these races with numbers and do the team thing. But does that make a bigger difference? Like I'm going to show up to those races personally. I if I know that I'm not going to yeah. be able to win a, a hill climb or anything like that, I'm going to go down swinging. But I'm going to try and support one of my teammates right. in the process of doing that. So I mean, I, that was that was part of the reason I went out to Silverton this last year. Like yeah. I literally only did one road race this year, but I knew I'm not going to be in great road racing shape at that time. I just come out of a race block, but I wanted to go out there and at least help the team a right. little bit with mm-hmm. some guys we had that could really win win that race that day. So gotcha. I think it definitely yeah. It's it's it, there's a lot more motivation to go if you can say oh, hey, we got somebody on our team who's really got a chance on this super tough stage. I may only be in it for 50 miles of the 80 or whatever, but, you know, at least I can help for that 50, and it gives you purpose in there instead of, uh, I hope I can hold on for 50 and not die by the time we get to the The, climb. The team tactics, racing this year on the road, the team tactics made it so much more fun. Yeah. And partially because I'm on a strong team. (laughs) Yeah. But it say, made, that, yeah. I mean, to, to be able to be working for somebody else or knowing what the strategy was going in beforehand, it was so much more fun. Yeah. Plus, like once you send that person off into another stratosphere, you get to sit back and kind of snicker at these guys that yes. just got worked over. Yes. So you get to kind of be involved in the fun part of that, you know. <laughs> or or to put in all these attacks to soften up the field or try to wear out a certain guy. Yeah. And then just have it work. See, isn't, yeah. isn't that though like... I mean, if we're going to build softer courses, is what I'm going to call them, softer courses by a lot, I mean, doesn't that kind of take some of the fun out of those tougher days when you have to do, I mean, it, if you're looking at just a, you know, a hundred foot elevation gain it, loop it, without it wind really affecting it. makes team tactics more important in a softer race. Because like crits, like crits aren't hard. There's generally not yeah. hills. It's yeah. just high speed. Yeah. And how do you soften them you can up make, by, by attacks? You can make any course hard, absolutely. Right. But I'm saying you got to have a varied season. You can't just take out. I mean, if you're looking at races and, you know, all of a sudden all of the hard races are starting to die off. Right. Like you got to have some courses that are built for those strong guys to get into a final break, you know, and not have this this cat and mouse game of like, hey, let's watch the group the entire time and see how many attacks we can bring in, right. you know. Well, yeah. If you also think about having up a, a softer course, I think that's a little bit more hospitable to juniors yes. and women who, that are newer to racing. I mean, my wife isn't going to want to go out and try racing and, and have Silverton be on her schedule. That's just not going to work for her. She's like, I don't want to go do 4,500 feet of climbing at race pace. It just yeah. does not work for me. That could mm-hmm. be something that you work up to eventually. But if you yeah. have more options for them to come out and do stuff, I think that mm-hmm. there there might be something to this. I can see the, the counter argument to it. Mm-hmm. Like you shouldn't make racing soft. But I think if you put yeah. sprinkle a couple of those in there, a couple of the, the tough tough races, yeah. and then have more of the, the softer races just yeah. to try and get the, the people out there racing more, they're going to be more inept to come out and race and then they're going to build their fitness they're going to train mm-hmm. harder and then maybe they will put those harder ones on the schedule and we can make those work too yeah i don't i don't think we need to be taking away those types of races i'm just saying that if we you know if they're starting to make this movement of like oh if the race is over this amount of feet of climbing and it looks hard yeah we got to take away because people aren't going to come out to it yeah. i don't think that's a good precedent to well, set here's a question for you and matt how what's the state of triathlon is it in a, a decline as well or is it kind of status quo or is it growing what's it what? does not seem to me like it's in i don't i mean i know i've heard people right. talk about the usat yearly memberships right. are down but we've talked about that is i'm i haven't seen stats on, i think they went are the down one day they're leveling off a little bit yeah and i i don't know i mean from 
from what I'm seeing, triathlon seems to be growing when it's talking about pure impression, like just ju- like ju- just your as impression, impression. Of races. Yeah, You're, yeah. You go to like these Y races, and you go to. Mm-hmm. And you go to a lot of Ironman races. Yeah. And I think those do well. I think they do. I don't think Ironman. I'm pretty keep, sure Ironman's doing great I right think now. That, yeah. uh, Ironman won't keep a race that doesn't do well. They'll, yeah. they'll drop it like, you know. Like and they're also habit. adding races, which makes me think, I don't think. They a con- are sort of. They are, some are kind of going away too at the same time, right? They, yeah. They've done some stuff where they'll do like a guy's pro field and a girl's. Mm-hmm. I mean, I think they're doing some uh, different the pro, stuff. The pro conversation is different it's though. It's different. I think. Yeah. yeah. But Would I, you say that they're keeping it fresh though? Like, like yeah. oh, there's a new. I want to go do the new one. They're, Maybe it's like a little, a medal, that, a finisher medal that they need yeah. to put up there with They're their always collection. Changing right. stuff. Yeah. Yes, but but just to look at the Midwest right now, like they just yeah. added Traverse City, which yeah. is an awesome race, and I think should be standing up for a while because it was very well attended. Ohio seventy three is now going into its. Uh, I could be wrong. Your fifth year, I think, mm-hmm. coming up. Fourth year coming up. So I mean, you're looking at there are pockets where Ironman's growing for sure. sure. So here locally, would you yeah. say that most people do? most of the triathlons here locally and then maybe do one destination race is that yeah. does that sound about yeah, right it sounds about yeah, that's, right so that does sound what, about right what does that look like for a person in a typical year how many races does that typically add up to four or five four or five max max yeah. I, I know a lot of people that'll probably do maybe one and then a destination event yeah that, that's a lot of our, well, I'll say beginners to longer distances because they really want to focus on that one Ironman sure. race that they're doing yeah. if they're doing something so like that. Would you seem to think that Obra maybe has just too many scheduled races on the calendar and there's too much racing to choose from and that might be causing some... I always like, think bike racing is too many races in the year, but that's just because I come from a triathlon and running mindset I mean, where just like <laughs> I, two, I couldn't imagine racing as much as most cyclists do. Yeah, two or three years ago, I mean, you had had what, a good like 10 road races on the schedule and then you mesh up with that a couple of crits you've got all of the yeah. the pir circuit racing yeah that's just that's a lot of racing. stuff like like i don't need to do all that much racing because you're going to end up peeing yourself out especially if you want to roll yourself into like a mountain biking season but what if you're land short track and you like to race cyclocross what if, what if you can race four times a week you gotta race four times a week <laughs> I have, a, I have a hard enough time racing one time a year right now. <laughs> but biking doesn't beat you up like triathlon. No, 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 it doesn't. No, and I and, and I know it's much easier to well, not much easier. It, cycling seasons are hard. I've been through road race yeah. seasons before, and they're. I am not trying to downplay it. It is incredibly hard. So run around the table real quick here. Should we have quality over quantity? Do you think that that would boast well with the road racing scene, and see if that does anything? I want to say quantity. Quantity? You think okay. quantity's better? How about you, Evan? Um, I think because of the state that road racing's in now, I think quality. I think they got to focus on really making some great events. Gotcha. Yeah. Matt? I think I would ask some of the race directors. If I, if you're, if you're a race director was asked, you know, saying like, Matt, you're pretending like you're a race director, what would you do? I would go quality over quantity. But I just, you know, those guys know. They're in the trenches. They know what races are going to be profitable and which ones aren't. My gut yep. feeling is they're probably going to start to move towards quality over quantity. Yeah. I think I would tend to agree with the quality <clears throat> statement. Um, knowing that you can get the quantity if you want to get more racing in, there's PIR. Or for us here in Obra, we can drive up and do a WSBA race, the Washington maybe, State Bicycle Association. Maybe that's kind of what it needs is not oh, let's try to shove in more weekend road races all the time. Maybe they just need another PIR yeah. or another, you know, a couple of those or a consistent crit series. Yeah. I mean, really a consistent and crit series would be the thing. You know, if my life was just all cycling and that's all I had to do was get on the bike and ride mm-hmm. and, and I had all the time in the world and I didn't have a family and a business and a podcast yeah. <laughs> to do. That's not um, a podcast. <laughs> you know, that it, I, would, I would really enjoy all of the racing that Ober can throw. But you know what? When you're in like week 
seven or eight and every single weekend it's a race and it's mm-hmm. usually getting up in at like four or five o'clock in the morning and, and having to travel down and get yourself prepped and warmed up and fed and then you're going out and you're doing your race and then there's the post-race stuff and then there's sometimes a two-hour drive to get back home and you get home and you're shellacked because you didn't mm-hmm. sleep well the night before and you're worthless to your family and then you know you've got to go do your recovery ride the next day it's like piling that on top of like weekend after weekend after weekend becomes a little bit of a stress. It just becomes a bit too much almost. Mm -hmm. So I think if we had less, I I think a lot of people might feel the same sentiment that I have. If, if I knew that instead of there being 10 races, that there were four races and it was spread out just a little bit, maybe I can focus on some team rides to, you know, get some workouts in and whatnot on Mm -hmm. those off weekends. I I think that that might bode well for me personally better. And I think that the the common person might feel the same way. And if you're Lance Hepler and you need to get your, (laughs) your daily fix of racing, (laughs) there are other options during the course of the week that you can get in. Lance would have to go to Zwift. I don't want to do Zwift race. (laughs) I want to race. (laughs) Would you guys tend to agree with that? I mean, yeah. Lance, Lance, if you need more racing, I'll jump out there with you on a gravel bike. You know, here here I am. I've done like 50 races this year. Yeah, you have. I have done a ton of racing, which is a little crazy. But guess how many actual road races I did? Like four? Like two. Oh, wow. Like not not circuit race. PIR, I must have done 10 or 15 of those. But those are kind of practice races. Piece of cake in Kings Valley? I did piece of cake in Kings Valley. But there weren't too many other races. You didn't do uh, dirty circles? I didn't. And you were not at Sunday race. Gotcha. Okay. And I was traveling for part of it, yeah. And the ones that were really hard, like Silverton, I didn't do. Yeah. Well, you did those sanitized races. I did. Well, I I guess sanitized races. Kings Valley isn't a sanitized race. That's just a classic. Everybody needs to go do that race. That's one of the best races on the schedule. Just the venue is spectacular. What weekend is that? It's usually like the second weekend of April, if I'm not mistaken. Somewhere there. It's usually one of those weekends where you get destroyed by weather, but it's all good. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It's part of the. We had rainy, nasty weather. Part of the spring season. Yeah. So Mm -hmm. interesting. Um, One more couple quick things here. Um, For us to get more people to race out there, do you guys have any feedback that would draw people in? I I, I know for me, like. Participation medals. Participation. (laughs) I just. I I think you got (laughs) to. I think you got to look at someone like Jake's wife and be like, that's our target market. Yeah. Like, how do you convince her to come race in her friends? Cause she's popular. Yeah. But I mean, you, I just think it's like, how would you get her to take the next step? Yeah. And I think make Re- it super easy. Rebecca's pretty easy to motivate though. So I yeah, would say she's even like the target market. Like she's the super, super motivated. Yeah. It's like the super apprehensive but, person. Though. But, well, but, 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 but she hasn't done sense. a road race yet. She hasn't done a road race yeah. and she's a little more nervous <clears throat> about her biking ability which is fair like it's a it's scary new. sport it's a new I think thing it's, to her i think it's just having more things like pir i mean that's you know they're these consistent low stress races it's not that you need to set up some big weekend road race that's advertises as like hey this is a super easy course don't worry beginners no it's just having those consistent like hey, you having a sunday circuit race that it really caters more purely to beginners yeah because you know maybe the people going and doing Kings Valley and Silverton aren't going to show up to that race, but who cares? It's not your target market for that race. Correct. You 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 welcome everybody. You say you can come on a mountain bike. Who cares? Yeah. Come on your mountain bike. So yeah. me yeah. sitting on the board of directors for Obra comes mm-hmm. to you and asks you a question because you guys are immersed in the triathlon community. How do we get more triathletes to come out and try a road race? Is that a viable question? Well, well do you guys do bikes? any marketing? I mean, it's probably either free or very cheap to put all these like race pamphlets in the triathlon like race packets, or even come to the local teams. 
Hopefully, Joel Fletcher listens to this. Talk, <laughs> talk to the local teams. I mean, so if you're if you're a tri race and you want to attract other people to your race, what do you do? You take your race flyer, you put it in some other race mm-hmm. that someone's doing. You know that person's a triathlete. There's your you know like there's your captive audience right there. They're gonna pull out some of this stuff. Yeah, they're they're not gonna throw it away. It's possible. Yeah, I don't know, yeah. but they're gonna look at it. Oh yeah, I like this race. You know, whatever it is. That should be a bike race. Shouldn't necessarily, I mean, it's going to be a whole bunch of stuff, right? It's yeah. going to be triathlon races, but it should definitely be a bike race. It's Obra, also going to be Obra other should stuff. should just reach out to Y. They is should, that going to be good yeah. for Y though? Is is Y racing going to lose participation by no. collaborating with I don't Obra? think they lose at I th- the end of the day. I think anytime, you know, th- these businesses, you know, could potentially work together, there's there's always opportunity for collaborations. The the danger is like, oh, we have a race on this weekend. Yep. If you are, you know, if you're gonna try to attract races away from our race, that's you know, that's stepping on our toes. But do you do, are we okay with advertising some race in May? Sure, no yeah. problem. It yep. would be marketing um, both ways too. Like why absolutely. we need to benefit from if you Co- have a road race, you're putting out sure. when our races are coming up right. and all that. Yeah. Collaboration. Mm-hmm. Uh, Road races don't have that like here's your packet full of advertising stuff. Yeah. Road race is just like here's your race number or you know or whatever yeah. it is. Yeah. Um, but maybe they need to have some sort of avenue for that. Mm-hmm. So let's say that you guys had no idea what Ober was and all of a sudden in your race packet you open up and it's like, Hey, come try some bike racing and here's a, a free clinic that we're doing an intro to to road racing and we're gonna do it on a closed course at Portland International Raceway and teach you about all the the, the bike racing shenanigans that go down and yeah. uh, come out, you're going to get a workout and you're going to be working with some local heroes, pros or high category racers. And it's mm-hmm. going to cost you this much money. Yeah. Even if it was free just to kind of attract them into the sport. And I think that's the perfect message where it's like, you can learn about this thing or the other thing that people would be attracted to would be like, you know, here's this thing that you're looking through all these advertisements. What, you know, what's the thing that catches your eye? Like here's a time trial race and it should say you can get better at triathlon by practicing time trialing. And there's a time trial race next weekend, you know, whatever it is. So those sort of things that are speaking specifically to the market that they're, you know, targeting would, would work well, I think, but you know, they, they'd have to take that step of either contacting why or doing some advertising or something like that. So noted. Thank you. Noted. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then just one last little thing with the um, technology being pushed for, for, I'm looking at the wrong person I'm looking at. Him. I should be looking at Matt. <laughs> I was going to say, <laughs> why, why are you looking at me right now? <laughs> when, we, when we need some tech help. Uh, I'm a level nine on Zwift, guys. Okay. I'm not sure if you know this, but is that what high? If, is that out of 10? What if, we, out of 10. what if we incentivized guys, maybe give them like a, like a, a couple bucks discount on the race registration fee to run their GoPro on their bicycle, run it to their phone, which is making it even easier this day with the yeah. new hero eight that came out. You can stream to Facebook and YouTube and, and it's pretty simple as long as there's coverage out there, I guess. But how awesome would that be to have the ability to watch these races going down and port all of these things in these live streams so that people can watch the racing like your friends and your family, just to get more people excited about the guys who do it now. We think it's awesome. So I think that it's hard to stream data like that. Like you're talking about, I guess it's like cell phone. It goes GoPro to cell phone up and it goes live. We should start testing. But I saw DC Rainmaker do it. Come on, Matt. It's all all possible. I think you should, I don't think the reception was great in Silverton. I think there, there, (laughs) I think there are certain people. um, There's a guy that does YouTube videos for some of the cycling races. Swap face. And he's, hilarious he's yeah. funny yeah he's so good like that stuff you could easily like take someone that's doing a, a good job like that and be like you're you i want you to come to my race we're willing to let you race for free that's you know? a good call because yeah. he does a good job he's promoting our sport and if you want to promote your race like 
you're, you know, you're potentially watching his channel or whatever it is. I think he's hilarious. I think he does a good job. I would say, Hey, if you know, if, come, come to this race, please bring your camera. That's what I would tell him if I was a race director. I like that. Mm -hmm. I think yeah. that's a good idea. And then the last thing I want to see is chip timing. Um, not just yeah. for the race results, but it would be neat to have the ability to watch the race kind of go down live. If you had, um, data points throughout the course where you can get some like split times and whatnot. I think that that would be kind of neat just to kind of watch the race mm -hmm. unfold. Like I know I did that watching you, like every mile that you oh, clicked yeah. off on the run, I'm like, all right, this is what play seven is. This is yeah. pace. If we had something like that for bike racing, just it's another thing that we can put out there for people to see that might get them interested. Yeah. Like, you know what? That was kind of fun watching that and tracking that. I think I might want to give that a shot. And families yeah. definitely want to track yeah. athletes for sure. Oh, that's, I mean, think about what's, what's the first thing whenever you're doing an Ironman, what does everybody ask you? What's your number? So what's I can your live number track you. Yeah. 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 And exactly. not for nothing, both of those mediums have the ability for Obra to connect um, corporate sponsorships to those. So right. if people are watching something live, they're going to see a logo and that's a branding impression that they could sell. And that's just going to be more money in their coffers to do more stuff with respect to racing. So <laughs> anything yeah. else on that topic, you guys, I know that we can, beat this one to death and probably talk for another two hours, but I don't want to, I don't want to do that to our listeners. Hopefully next year, this time it's a better conversation. Wouldn't that be great if next year it's like the boom of road racing? <laughs> when did that start and how did it happen? <laughs> well, I, I think that people can, um, really like spread the word. They can put stuff out there and get excited and talk about it. And yeah. you know, if, uh, if you listen to this podcast and you've got some friends who don't listen to this podcast, maybe you can have them listen and have them, uh, you know, kind of get excited about road bike racing. We do all racing, but that's, that is a, a big theme for us here, but maybe you can share it with them and have them listen and then, um, have them, you know, kind of chime in and give us their two cents as well. And just kind of like make it a viral thing. Like everybody, let's go ride and race bicycles. Let's go ride bikes in general. And while we're at it, let's tell drivers to get off their phones. Cause like Matt said, cars, I mean, that's a big, absolutely no no for a lot of us i think that's what's deterring a lot of people from the road stuff as well but yeah no. mm -hmm. all right let's get into one last thing evan one last thing but oh dang it. i already did all of my one last things oh. and i i was going to talk about the book was going to be my one last thing but then it made it into my back pedal so let me think one last thing one all last right. thing i got one last thing Go, Matt. i'm starting this um video series and uh it's like ask a triathlon coach kind of thing. And they're not necessarily like technical hard questions. They're just totally goofball questions. You know, the first video is going to be, you know, if you could only pick one of these, you know, three sports or really any sport, what would it be? One of the guys was like surfing. I was like, that's awesome. <laughs> what an awesome response. Uh, but yeah, I mean like, you know, for me it was like running, you know, definitely like yeah. this table, maybe biking. I don't know. Uh, but it's a, it's a video series that I'm starting and I think it's going to be like basically five coaches and five questions. So it'll be a series of five videos. So should be coming cool. up, maybe potentially starting this week. Hopefully if I can get that put together, uh, if not, it'll start soon. Check it out on the YouTubes. Nice. I think maybe like in a week from now, you might be clicking over that 1000 follower mark. We're going to celebrate. Sarah, I don't know what we're going to do. <laughs> I don't know oh what kind of celebration we're going to do. If you could hold it off till we do the hundredth of this yeah. and the thousandth of oh, oh my Do not subscribe to my channel. <laughs> 9.99. Nobody subscribe. <laughs> no channel for you. <laughs> Very cool. Uh, Lance, you got one last thing for us? I got no one last thing. Wow. I just, quiet table. I might be gone next week. That's sad. Sorry. That is sad. Did you come up with something, Evan? I'll be here next week. Okay. Perfect. <laughs> Good enough. You want to know something? Yes. I don't know if I'm going to be here next week. Whoa. 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 That's my one last thing. I got this. I got this. <laughs> it's all you. Does that mean it's just you and me, Matt? We got this oh triathlon gosh. takeover. Yeah, Another triathlon takeover, yes. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, no, seriously, though. Um, leaving on Thursday. 
going out of town, boys. Boys. Oh. Going to go see some sunnier weather down in Southern California for a few days, that and I'm going to be good. doing the uh, bike, bike? M- bike MS 150. So, oh, cool. Yeah. That's so cool. I missed it last year. It was the first year. Well, last year would have been my ninth year. This year would have it will be my 10th year had I done it last year uh, of doing this ride, and it's uh, for Bike MS. It's just raising money for the national multiple You need to put out the information about your donation page. I sure do, because um, I didn't get everything lined up until this past weekend. So, <laughs> so, so maybe post that to our either Facebook group or whatever. Yes. Thank you for yeah. mentioning that, Matt. Yeah. Um, I so do need to donate. raise, I think it's like four or 500 bucks, and I'll put that out there. And you know, if everybody can just chip in and give me like five or 10 bucks, not me, but give them just so I can gotcha. meet that uh, yeah. threshold, that'd be fantastic. I'm usually way ahead of the curve on this. And, and right now I'm usually sitting on like, you know, somewhere between two and $3,000 raised. And I usually would have a team and we would have raised close to $10,000. Um, this is an unusual year, but I am going to go down there and it's going to be a nice little trip with uh, my mm-hmm. wife. She's going to come along and we're going to see some friends and get some bike riding in and hopefully we'll have some nice weather. Nice. So I will definitely post that up though on the uh, Facebook page. If anybody wants to help contribute, um, it's probably going to come down to the wire and I'll probably end up having just to foot the bill for most of it, but any help would be greatly appreciated mm-hmm. but um i'm gonna try and well lance you're not riding this weekend right i'm not i'm well, gonna put so many miles on you this weekend it's yes, not even be funny. i usually put in about 300 miles when i come down for I, that ride i am gonna take my bike with me to florida but i'm there might be two days that i actually ride out of the seven i'm gonna be gone or whatever so that's it yeah ha. <laughs> i'm gonna beat you this week too you both <laughs> me. all right i think that is it Thank you to everybody who has listened to this. Um, Thank you, David Bussey, for coming on for our Listen Hot Lab today. You guys have a great week. We will have something come out next week. I promise it's just going to be a little bit atypical. So (laughs) Um, thanks, guys. We'll see you next week. Bye for now. Are you tired, Lance? <laughs> I'm feeling a little punchy. I gotta stop saying stupid stuff. I really do. <laughs> we need to live stream this thing again. <laughs> what are they doing? Yeah. <laughs>